that the church has misplaced their loyalty and mm-hmm. we we need to get back to being loyal to to the Lord and still respect where we live and abide by what the government says to some degree, like what you said earlier. But I believe it's been a, um, a fail on the church's part to put the government and God in the same category. You just hit the nail right on the head. Well, that is an excellent, mm-hmm. excellent point right there. And you can see it right through social media a lot, too. Um, yeah. And you, you are right. I couldn't have put that better myself. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world, Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hey, everyone. How are you? Thanks for joining me today. I'm so very happy to be able to introduce you to my guests today. I have a couple co-hosts, and their names are Will and Angela, and they are the creator and hosts of the Salty Saints Christian Podcast. Me as a podcaster, um, I have my go-to podcast that I really like to listen to that encourage me and even help to equip me for the ministry that I am blessed enough to be able to do, and the Salty Saints is one of those podcasts. And I've talked a a bit with Will and Angela here and there about what's going on in our world and things that we are facing as the body of Christ. So we decided to collaborate on an episode and talk about our government, specifically the reliance of people upon our government. Not that we shouldn't be able to rely on our government for certain things, such as, you know, military protection. Um, making wise decisions when it comes to our economy or our relationship with other nations. And again, as I said, our defense. But in this world, it seems as though we've really come to a point where we are relying on the government for way too much. We are looking to the government as our savior, as our God, for comfort, for security, for things that they really cannot truly give us for things that truly aren't lasting. And not only am I referring to unbelievers looking to the government in this manner, but we're also going to address the fact that the church, those who claim the name of Christ, making the mistake of really looking to the government to tell us what to think, when to think, what to do, how to do it in every area of our lives. And that really poses a problem because the problem is the government. So Will and Angela and I are going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk over some examples as to why the government cannot be relied on for such things. And we cannot put government in the place or any man, any leader in the place of God that our ultimate hope is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He is the only one who has the answers that we need. And he is the one who is truly in control. 
A little bit about Will and Angela. Will and Angela are a husband-wife duo on a mission to bring people closer to Christ. They seek to reach the lost with the hope of the gospel and be a light in the darkness and encourage and equip the saints to grow in their faith and stand firm to the end. Sounds a lot like this podcast, huh? They have a blog and a podcast where they're very active in executing their mission for the kingdom of God. Great blog, too, and again, great podcast, so please check it out. They will tell you where where you can find them at the end of this episode, by the way, which is going to be in two parts. So without further ado, here is part one of When the Government Becomes Our God with special guests Will and Angela Williams of the Salty Saints podcast. Hi, Will and Angela. How are you today? Hey, sister. We are wonderful. How are you? I'm doing very well, coming off of a head cold, but um, other than that, no complaints. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for coming on One Little Candle. Thank you for inviting us. My pleasure. My pleasure. I just um, filled my listeners in a little bit about the both of you and how I first heard of you and the fact that even podcasters have their go-to podcasters, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, those who encourage and them and lift them up and that they can they learn and grow from. And I'd have to say The Salty Saints is definitely one of those podcasts. So I'm very grateful that I've discovered you. And thanks to technology, even though you're in Texas and I'm here up in frigid, snowy, upstate New York, <laughs> we can do this. We can do yeah. this and do it for the glory of God. Amen. We are so grateful to also have come across your podcast and we're just also grateful to the Lord that in this day and time we have outlets like this where we can meet with one another and share our hearts and share what the Lord's doing and, you know, just try to encourage people all over the world, all over the globe. It's just awesome to have an opportunity and a platform to be able to do this. So thank you so much for having us on with you. Thank you, guys. So the purpose of this episode today is is about government. Now, I want to make clear to those of you listening, this isn't a government bashing, um, an episode meant to bash the government. We will be getting somewhere with this, and we got to keep in mind that as Christians, we are also to be submissive to government um, mm-hmm. in many ways, not in all things when they're you know going beyond what God wants for us. We're asking us yeah. to disobey God's word, but we still need to have a certain respect, right, and reverence for our, our government leaders because good or bad, they have been placed there by God. Yes. Um, that we can agree on. But the reason we've come together today is because we are very concerned about what we're seeing is the reliance, people's reliance solely upon government for their source of security, I want to even say salvation in many ways. Yeah. Um, do you agree? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think people <clears throat> truly have replaced God with the, with the government. And um, we've seen that across the board in many countries. And America was, you know, we were based on God and we have really have pushed God out. So we're starting to look more like um, countries that, that, lift up their leaders more than God. Mm. Yeah, definitely know with unbelievers, especially, right, they would tend toward that. What are your thoughts about 
the church though or those that claim the name of Christ and their reliance on government do you do you feel that they fit into that category as well I believe that what we've done we've we've um we've morphed or put together um being a patriot or being a uh, like a nationalist uh someone that loves their country and love God in the same category um I think the church is here to respect where where we live because the church is not American. The church is not, you know, a Russian with, you know, with Russia being in the headlines or Ukraine or Chinese or, or Korean, the church is God's chosen people. And so we're all over the the globe. So I believe that what, the, what we have done is that the church has misplaced their loyalty and mm-hmm. we, we need to get back to being loyal to, to the Lord and still respect where we live and abide by what the government says to some degree, like what you said earlier. But I believe it's been a, um, a fell on the church's part to put the government and God in the same category. You just hit the nail right on the head. Well, that is an excellent, excellent point right there. And you can see it right through social media a lot too. Um, yeah. And you, you are right. I couldn't have put that better myself. Because even like, let's take Donald Trump, for example, right? Everybody thinks, you know, Donald Trump is just going to solve all of our problems and and save us. Now, while granted right now, I would rather Trump was in office than who's there now. (laughs) There's no doubt. But is is he the savior of the world? Like he's Mm -hmm. a fallible human being as well. We know that he he may be, you know, he was a great government leader in many ways. But again, he, he's another human being. He is not God. So what do you think has led to such reliance on the government? Like, why are we relying so much on the government to meet our every need or basically to tell us what to do, how to do it, when to do it, what to think? Well, I believe that in the beginning, when we first came into it to be a, you know, a nation, um, you know, we didn't rely on the government. You know, they gave people land and they went and got the land and the government, you know, gave us that opportunity to to make a life. And we we seized that opportunity. Well, the, the longer that America has been around, the less freedom we actually have. We think we have freedom. It's a it's a facade because we're now so reliant on wealth and prosperity on trying to to have the American dream. We forget what freedom is and what hard work is. And I'm not saying that, no, you know, a lot of Americans don't work hard. I'm talking about the main aspect of what true freedom is. That freedom is to make your way. And the government gives us that opportunity by living here. But the government is not there for us. In fact, the government works for the people. It's mm-hmm. by the people for the people. And we forget that because we have given so much power over to them. It's kind of like the frog in a, um, you know, in the bowl and pot. You put a frog in a bowl and pot, it jumps out. But if you turn the, put the frog in water and you heat it up and slowly boil the frog, the frog doesn't know to jump out. They just accepts it and dies. And I believe that's what we've done with our freedom and with the prosperity. We rely so much on comfort that Mm -hmm. the comfort um, you know, when, when there's no, when the comfort goes away, we can look now, how can we get that comfort back? And the government says, I'll give it back to you. And we trust that instead of trusting God 
and trusting the hard work that we can do, I believe that's where we have uh, fallen short when it comes to to understanding that. Mm-hmm. Again, well said, Will. Um, <laughs> absolutely. <clears throat> the, the comfort, right? This We're so used. We've had everything handed to us on a silver platter yeah. for the most part. Yes, we have. We've had poor in our nation. We've had those who struggle more than others. And I don't care what race you are, black, white. Um, mm-hmm. We've had people in all races that have struggled. They've had maybe some disadvantages or generational curses along the way, all, all kinds of things like that. And, but even our poor compared to other, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Other nations, they, they have poor, but they don't have someone who's better off than them to help them up. <laughs> We've always had that in this country. We've had food pantries and churches, right? And, and people to, to help with hunger and, and shelter. You know, we, we have those things, um, shelters for, for homeless, for temporary reprieves. There's at least something here. And even the poorest of our poor, I feel like live pretty well compared to people in many other parts of the world. Um, but for the most part, yes, we, we are a spoiled nation. But anyway, Will, when you said that, we want to get that back. That jumped out at me because that's exactly the state that we're in right now, right? Mm-hmm. We see that we're losing these things and we want it back because it's threatened all of a sudden. Right. And we just don't want that disrupted, our little bubble, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? I, I think of the song by, um, was it Phil Collins? Just Another Day for You and Me in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and it's like we don't want our paradise disrupted. And that's the sad thing is that so many people are looking at the here and now for the paradise, you know. They're not mm-hmm. looking ahead to the eternal where the true paradise is, right? So, Amen, Angela, yeah. Yeah, we're, we look to the temporal rather than the eternal, and we're, we are in a state of compromise because – these things hold us so tightly. You know, we were talking about this yesterday that even like our family and stuff, you know, trying to things that are good can still cause us to compromise when we are so concerned over how we're going to take care of our family, how we're going to, you know, provide and and earn a paycheck and all that. When it comes down to, I'm talking a little further down the road, like take the mark of the beast, you know, mm-hmm. how you can't buy or sell or live, you know, participate in society without doing whatever the beast system, you know, says that we have to do. A lot of people are going to be compromised at that point because of the things of the here and now. Yeah. And that the hardest thing is to think of our family, you know, mm-hmm. our children who wants to be told that you can't earn a wage or buy food for, the support of your children or your family, you know, that's going to be a very hard time. And um, talking about like the pandemic, we've seen a lot of these things start coming into place with mandates and, and all of this. And again, we don't think that that's the mark of the beast, but we do think we're headed in a dangerous direction. And when we're willing to compromise, you know, we have to be a, a people who have already settled in our hearts that we will not just like Daniel and the three boys, we will not bow the knee to Nebuchadnezzar. You know, we will not bow the knee to the Antichrist. We will not give the government our allegiance. Our allegiance is with God. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Well said. Uh, yeah. And you, you, like you said, it's not the mark of the beast, but let me tell you, it's one heck of a first run through, isn't it? Right. <laughs> heck of a you know, <laughs> um, and, and there's already been some desensitization. Wow. I can't talk. You've been desensitized along yeah. the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They've been desensitized along the way. And, and I'm sure there's going to be another opportunity that's going to come up probably to desensitize the people some more. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple quotes here and, and there's a quote here I got off of, it's called governing.com that kind of describes what government should be. It says government in a democracy is essentially a conservative institution. It is responsible for creating and sustaining markets, enforcing contracts, protecting private property. And of course, now we know they want to take that away mm-hmm. and producing systems of education and infrastructure that allow commerce to function efficiently mm. and militarily. Right. We yeah. we rely on the government to have the military in order to defend our borders. I guess that's that's something we should expect the government to do. Right. To help us with mm-hmm. um, to build up the funds so that we we have the, the strength and the the supplies to defend ourselves. And there's another excellent quote, and this is from Woodrow Wilson, who said, the concentration of power is what always precedes the destruction of human initiative and therefore of human energy. The history of liberty is a history of resistance. The history of liberty is a history of the limitation of governmental power, not the increase of it. And I think what we're calling for now is definitely a concentration of power. This seems to be what people want in order to help them keep their creature comforts. Um, I agree. I, I think it sets up for the last of the end days where the Antichrist is going to be ruling. You have to have people ready and willing to take that mark and also have allegiance to him. But And just think about it. Each one of the governments are going to have the same power he's going to give over 10 it's going to be 10 different nations or sectors that he's going to have set up but at the same time we look at you know what's the what's the greatest way to get people in line and that's with fear Mm. you know if there's a a great fear of losing comfort losing health losing life and the government has the answers for it people are going to run to those answers to get the remedy right and Mm -hmm. When we look at um, how God wants us to live, Israel was in bondage to Egypt, and God didn't want Israel to be there. So he, he took them out, and he took them out to stand outside of the world to show an example of what God's people look like and how, how does God govern. And we see the fall of Israel with the same problems that we have here is that we want someone to rule over us. And we give that power over. They wanted a king. And so God told them, no, I'm your king. And they said, no, we want a king like other nations. And so he says, okay, I'm going to give you Saul. So we, we see that same mentality in maybe not just within the church, but even just within mankind that we want someone to, to rule over us. Mm-hmm. And we give up the power to that person and our freedoms to think that we have freedom. And I think that's where we're replace- at. Uh, an earthly ruler, we replace God with them, mm-hmm. you know, looking to a man rather than looking to God. And I know that was what a lot of our scripture references that we have were talking about, you know, trusting in God. I mean, we 
some people trust in uh, horses and some trust in chariots, but we trust in the Lord. And the Lord's people, uh, those who are truly his, know that he is our only hope. He is the one who, the only one who will rule righteously and justly and the way that he should rule. I mean, the way that a ruler should rule. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Will mentioned Egypt and I was thinking of the verse that we had in our notes here too, Isaiah 31, 1. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, mm-hmm. who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or consult the Lord. They wanted to go back to Egypt for their safety where God freed them from and, and look for answers there instead of reaching out to the Lord. Um, Let's just take a brief look at the realities of why, why we shouldn't be trusting in our government. I mean, we know and there's problems with governments all over the world, but here we're in the U.S., so we're going to focus on the United States, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean this in a um, nasty, insulting way, but when you look at how our government is running things, we are being governed by many fools. Oh, for sure. Okay. And That's I don't, sweet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I want to, and I got to find my notes on this here. So I wanted to use the word fools, um, biblically. Okay. Yeah. Because the Bible refers to a fool as a simpleton, a scorner or a mocker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it says that a fool comes up against the truth of God's word. And it's also someone that God says will come under judgment. Yeah. Proverbs mm-hmm. has much to say about fools, you know, comparing the fools with the wise. Yes. And it's any, I mean, people who reject God, that's, that is what makes you a fool. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it says that the the fool is someone who's on the opposite side of the aisle from wisdom because we know true wisdom and discernment comes from the Bible. And if they're not relying on God or God's word, obviously they don't really have the wisdom and discernment. Um, And it's also a fool in the Bible is a description of someone who does not fear the Lord. Mm -hmm. We know our government does not hold to God's truths. They do not fear the Lord. So yes, we are being ruled by a band of fools. Yeah. With very foolish, and I would go so far to say depraved thinking. Mm-hmm. A very depraved mindset that, that is not functioning in reality. Absolutely. And that's, that's scary when, when you think about that. And I'm going to start out with one of the examples, and I know we, we have many of them. Um, and I'm going to talk LGBTQ because we have a government that really believes in their deception that a man can be a woman. And a woman Mm -hmm. can be a man or that, you know, you can flip back and forth between the two, whatever you're in the mood for, or you feel you identify with that gender's fluid and that it's okay for men to go in women's Mm -hmm. bathrooms, boys to shower with girls in school Mm -hmm. locker rooms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. And we all know it's insane. It's putting women and children at risk. And there have been some horrible incidents because of it. And, you know, they're taking ability of parents to, to move their kids towards God's plan, his created order, his way, his design, and they are putting children at risk in danger and believing that, 
you know, you can have a true genuine marriage if you are of the same sex. Mm-hmm. So one example, right? The pandemic. Yeah. You got any good examples from the pandemic as to why it's probably not wise to look to the government for answers? Uh, well, the pandemic itself. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, just just the whole thing behind it, the, you know, the unlawful way of, of forcing society, the society that they are supposed to be helping to actually do damage because they contradict themselves whenever they're saying that, you know, they can force you to do something, but yet they, they fight for laws that were say, let's look at the abortion law. Um, you know, we're definitely not for abortion. You know, we we're for life, but the government itself is for abortion, but they contradict them themselves within their own law with, with this new mandates that they try to put on people hmm. and, People try to uh, make excuses. And when you make an excuse for something that you completely contradict yourself in, um, it, it, it makes you look like a fool. And, and they don't want that. So they try to really put one in one category and one in another category. And, but they're speaking from a forked tongue. They're speaking from both sides of their mouth. And, you mean like my body, my choice, my body, my choice, there you go. Abortion, which is not really my body, my choice. That's when right. There's another human being living in me. That's right. But, mm-hmm. but when it comes to a, that they put getting in place. an injection of only God knows what is in it, that is not really, you know, you don't have a choice. Right. They want it all mandated. So, yeah. So, definitely. yeah. So I see the pandemic itself as, as something that is not uh, truthful. I'm not saying that the, that the virus is not, you know, is not, it's, it's a virus and I believe it's a man-made virus, but on top of that, it's real, but it's, but, but why, but why, you know, why did the government take this virus and do what they did with it compared to say, you know, the, the flu that's been around forever and you have lots of deaths from the flu and they didn't treat it as like they treated the pandemic when you have many, many people that die from it. So, and not belittling anybody that has had people that might have passed away from the, from COVID. It's just the idea of what the government, how they're treating it, and what they're doing with the with the public. By manip- yeah, they're manipulating the, the public and the and pushing an agenda with it. Yeah. Well, will they refused to treat it in the ways that we know it can be treated? Yes, right. Exactly. They yes, refused. They made ways. it illegal. They threatened doctors' careers. Right mm-hmm. over this, I mean, if anyone listening, if if you um question what all we're saying here, just check out with Senator Ron Johnson, COVID nineteen second opinion, and people with excellent excellent credentials gathered together at this meeting to talk about what should have been done during COVID and what wasn't done. Um, and it's it's very it's very sad. Um, I, I just I I wanted to cry listening to some of it because I thought this this just didn't need to be. Yeah. It it didn't need to happen the way it did. It's it's horrible. It really is. So so when you hear these things, what tells me is there's a government that's not looking out for our best interests. Are they? Sure. <laughs> Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Um yeah, and and the vaccine mandates and and going against the science that they told us that we needed to follow and having people lose their jobs. And take mm-hmm. away their freedoms and ostracize those people that didn't get the shot. And now they're injecting little kids with them that don't mm-hmm. even, you, 
talk about no sound medical science behind that. Right. It's, it's crazy. And the sad thing is too, you know, we talked in the beginning, you were asking about the difference, but like within the church and sadly, that is something that we have also seen through the pandemic is that even churches are segregating their congregations. You know, Mm -hmm. if you, yeah, if you, you know, have been vaccinated, fully vaccinated, then, you know, you don't have to wear a mask. You can sit in these this special section or whatever you know but if you're if you have not had the vaccine then i mean you're ostracized within the church to me that's crazy like i can't even fathom but do you really think god is pleased with that no separating his people like that absolutely not we have too much fear in the church we we're the people that should have no fear the we know where we're going we we should and I, I, I kind of almost have to, to get on the pastors for this, for, for raising up their congregations to have fear. You know, they should be teaching their, their flock to, to really trust in what, what is here. The here and now is flesh, but what is to come is eternal. And we have to really look at that and see and live that way. If we believe we have eternal life, we need to live like it. And I'm not saying that there will never be, you know, where we're scared of something. That's different than actual fear to where you are bound to someone else's ideology. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know this is kind of veering off a little bit, but I mean, not really. It's still kind of in line with it. But I know in one of your previous podcast episodes, Rebecca, you had were talking with um I can't remember the lady's name. Sarah, Sarah Broyhilly Anderson. Sarah, yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. exactly. You were talking yep. with her um, about that pastors are not equipping their people for the days that we are in right now. And that is that is the fault of the church. That sure. That is where that lies. And so much of these these things that we are seeing play out in the world, like the abortion policies and, you know, all these, the LGBT and all that, that is in part due to the lack of the church standing up and standing on righteousness and standing on God's truth, taking a firm stand within the culture. The culture does not mold the church. The church is supposed to mold the culture. And we have been failing in this area for a long time. Absolutely. And now we're seeing the fruit. Right. Amen. The and rotten, rotten. The rotten fruit. Yeah. Yes. It's very it is. much rotten. It's rotten fruit. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, we need to take a good look in the mirror as a church. It's, it's very sad. It's very sad because that's supposed to be the one restraining thing here. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, we, we do very much lead in, in the blame of this. So, and the promotion of lawlessness by our government, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> how they've been hurting the police force those that try to enforce the laws and we've had government officials who've bailed out rioters. Yeah. People who've pillaged and, and done all these things to our cities and our, you know, our land and our nation and businesses and homes. And they, they've put funds out to get these people out of jail and, um, <laughs> you know, and yeah. immigration. I mean, look at it's, it's ironic. When I heard somebody say the other day and it didn't, 
clicked to me. I hadn't thought about it that way before, but they said, and I'm sure you've heard this, we're concerned about what's going on in Ukraine, a sovereign nation being taken over. But what do you think has been going on in the United States since Joe Biden stepped into office? Oh, oh my gosh, look at our border. Yep. Here in Texas. <laughs> look yep. at our southern border. We're worried about Ukraine and Russia and all that, these other borders. <laughs> and look at our own. We're wide open. Mm-hmm. We have the cartel coming over. We have you know, all sex the sex trafficking. trafficking and I mean, horrible, horrible stuff is going on. In you're our not, it's, yeah. And Angela, you're not hearing about it on the news. No, you <laughs> have to dig and search. As a matter of fact, Sarah, speaking of Sarah, she invited me because she's down your guys your way too. She's down in Texas. Oh. Um, she invited me to join the, uh, Texas citizens for border patrol or something like that. It's a Facebook group. Okay. And I did. And, um, You've got all the pictures. You've got all the reports from the sheriffs down there that are available for people to see. Yeah. What is going on? And it's people looking out their windows that own land and Mm -hmm. they're just, and along the road and they're they're having vehicles stolen and having break-ins, you know, all these illegals coming across openly. They're, they're involved in crime down there. They're just watching them stole across the, the fields and the, you know, and, and all the arrests and the fentanyl and all the drugs that are coming in and all the, the you said the trafficking and the human trafficking and stuff. And they're coming in by the thousands and thousands and thousands. And we're probably up to several million refugees and they're shipping them out quietly yep. to all the big cities, small towns, mm-hmm. rural America. Um, and you know and- why? You know that's an agenda. <laughs> hey, vote blue. <laughs> yes, you know? yes, exactly. Because who's going to vote against people that let them in? Exactly. Willingly. Exactly. But this is no different than Ukraine just opening the doors and saying, come on in Russia um, and yeah. every other nation. And it doesn't matter. We don't care if you happen to be a terrorist. We're not going to check. We're just going to put you in here. This right. is what's going on. This is, what is? I, now, are there, are there some people that want to come in? that just want to be a good American citizen? Yes. Yes. There are. But <laughs> common sense, if there were any, and there's not, because, again, we're being run by fools, mm-hmm. says that along with those people, you're going to mostly get the people that do not want America's good right. coming in. Exactly. I, well, I, I believe, you know, when we're talking about the promotion of lawlessness, and, you, and you're looking at the government allowing, you know, Black Lives Matter to do what they do, Antifa, and all these other fringe groups. Oh, no, no, are, Will, didn't you hear? Biden said Antifa is just an idea. It's not real. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> and that's just Sorry. too much pudding, I think. But, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, but, but I know, but I know that when you look at the, the, how a, a person or a group of people want to transform a nation, from a free nation to a dictatorship, we see every attribute of that, everything mm-hmm. that leads to what a country is, you know, or public or uh, what United States should be. It turns into is slowly morphing into a socialist country, then from socialism to being a communist country to full blown dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you go back to 1933 in Germany, you look at Germany and you see what Hitler did. Um, it was exactly what 
what's happening today in our country. Slowly, it's yes. morphing to toward a dictatorship to, at some point. And that's going to do it for part one of our two-part episode, When Government Becomes Our God. So please come back, join us next time, because in part two, we are going to spend time talking about what our ultimate hope is. Or should I say, who our ultimate hope is. Thanks again so much to Will and Angela Williams of Salty Saints Podcast. Again, you can find their blog at saltysaints.blog, and you can hear their podcast on your favorite podcast platform, too. And follow them on Instagram at Salty Saints, too. And you can follow me on Instagram as well at One Little Candle Podcast. Again, my website is onelittlecandlepodcast.com. And you can click on my podcast guest page to get more information and links on Will and Angela and their podcast. I hope you enjoyed this today. Listen, practice being that one little candle. Be the light that this dark world needs. Put your trust in God and God alone. And encourage your friends, your family, Christian or non-Christian, to do the same. Because he is our ultimate hope. He's the answer. And as always, I have a song for you. And for this episode, that song is Some May Trust in Chariots. It's perfect for what we just talked about today. You can find it on YouTube. And I will leave the link in the podcast description as always. So until next time, you take care and God bless. Do you want to know more about God? Are you looking for true peace and hope in your life? Well, true peace and hope, that's only found in God. If you want to know more about God and how you can experience his love and peace, Peace with God, a ministry of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, will show you the way. Log on to www.peacewithgod.net. That's www peacewithgod.net and find the peace and hope that you've been looking for.